Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Steven Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this and the rest of our podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. So turn those notifications on and leave a like or review. Uh, we're going to start this podcast off by talking about the Bucks' first blowout win of the season against the Raptors. And then in the second half, we're going to cover the uh, back-to-back upcoming on Friday and Saturday. Um, but to start, Bucks win 128-112. We get our first blowout of the of the year, Hirsch. How does it feel, man? Uh, it feels good, especially with the one that I went into thinking we were going to lose. Um, you know, we, we got news earlier in the afternoon that, you know, Giannis was going to be out of this game. Uh, with an injury, uh, calf injury, so to speak. Uh, I'm not sure how injured he actually is. I think it was probably just a rest day for him. But, yeah, definitely a game I wasn't feeling confident in. And then just the way that we came out of the gates, you know, scoring 36 points in the first quarter. uh, That was our best first quarter of the season so far. So uh, definitely a little interesting to see, you know, the Bucks play without Giannis and look so good. Um, you know, that might be a little bit of a storyline here to see, you know, if Giannis is off the court, the ball movement looked a little bit better to, to me tonight. So, yeah, I guess, Steve, what are your kind of thoughts on the big blowout? I know you've been kind of predicting one coming here soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, at this point, you could just say I've been saying it in the last couple episodes, but uh, yeah, happy we have it. Finally, uh, it got a little scary in the fourth quarter, but uh, we ultimately prevailed. But yeah, no, so back to, you know, Giannis being out and whatnot. Uh, No, like before the game, I was I was pretty concerned, too, when I heard that he wasn't playing. But uh, our ball or not ball movement, but our uh, just team has struggled tremendously without him out there. So that was kind of something to take note of. But we looked great tonight. Uh, Andre Jackson gets his first start of his NBA career uh, out there playing really good defense. He only logged 17 minutes, didn't really see much time in the second half, but. Looked pretty good out there. He only took one shot, Hirsch, but I thought he was just really helpful on the, you know, the rebounds and then just defense in general. And he also had just one really, really nice pass that I remember to Brooke for a dunk. But that's kind of just some of the stuff you expect to see from a guy like Andre. Yeah. And, you know, he's not really necessarily out there and looked at as like a guy who's going to get you buckets or really even do anything on the offensive end um, other than maybe rebound. And, you know, we, we've seen Andre Jackson and, you know, couple of these games here and there sky in for offensive rebounds um you know make plays get his hands on the ball poke it free uh sometimes that you know results in good plays for us so yeah um and you know he's also I mean he's seeing more minutes in his first start obviously he had 17 minutes so uh good to see from him I mean love to see him out there and uh yeah, I think overall, just don't expect to see a lot of scoring from the guy. He's not really necessarily a guy who's going to be, you know, putting the ball on the floor and, you know, getting to the rim very much. Definitely more of a defensive guy. Yeah, but do expect to see more minutes coming from him because unfortunately, Marjan Bochamp goes out in the sec- or in the second quarter tonight with uh, an ankle sprain. So he'll probably be out for a couple of weeks, at least with that. So I think Andre Jackson's definitely going to get an increased role. I mean, he's been playing really well with the minutes he's gotten so far. So it's only going to be really expected for him to just continue to get more minutes and continue to play better. Uh, Dame played really well tonight. The night we were kind of waiting for with him, just 
electric out there, had a great first half. He had like 24 points in the first half, but finished the game with 37, nine of 18 from the field, four of 10 from three, getting to the line 16 times. Just an overall great night from Dame. Uh, I think he had a few turnovers that, uh, tonight. Yeah, he had four turnovers, so you kind of want to limit those. But again, when you're going to play through him that much, like I guess that is kind of to be expected. But yeah, Dame looked great tonight. So Hirsch, I'm sure you're super excited to see him You know, look like Dame time, the guy that the Bucks traded for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a lot like a vintage Damian Lillard performance. And you know, with Giannis being out, I kind of went into this game thinking, all right, like Dame's got to be aggressive here. This is, you know, he's got the keys now. He, he's he got to go off. And, you know, he did that. Um, you know, one thing I've been kind of harping on and, you know, we've been discussing on the pod is the is the team free throw shooting percentage. And, you know, Damian Lillard making 15 out of his 16 free throws helped the team shoot 95 percent from the line tonight. Um, you know, so that's kind of what I've been looking for. Also, you know, he had his first double-double in a Bucks uniform tonight, which is, you know, great to see. On a night where he drops 37 points, he also drops 13 assists, showing that really, you know, having those four turnovers didn't really affect the team because he was he was out there scoring points, he was dishing. Uh, I heard on the broadcast at halftime that I think he was involved in 84% of the Bucks' first half scoring, uh, whether it be passing or uh, him scoring the buckets himself, so... Yeah, Damian Lillard overall was just absolutely incredible tonight. One of those performances you love to see, and hopefully, you know, he can keep that momentum going forward. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to build off of a performance like this, but uh, let's move on to a couple of the role players, specifically one that we've been harping on all year, but you got to give him his flowers when he plays well. Malik Beasley had a night, 30 points, 8 of 11 from 3. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was basically that, that's why you have a guy like that. Malik Beasley is a shooter, a guy who can hit you, who can hit a lot of threes at a very high percentage. And he's that's just what he does. He's a scorer. He used to average 19 points a game for Minnesota. So th- that's just like who he is. He's a guy who's going to get you buckets uh, in a, in a tonight's scenario. Like you got to start him because the Bucks just have been getting, I mean, Jay Crowder's injured. Now we lose Marjan. So we're kind of losing some of that wing depth, but I, I really do think that him as like a bench scorer would be the most effective way to use him. Hirsch, is that something you kind of still agree with, or does tonight kind of change your opinion on where he should be? No, I definitely think, you know, you're right with the fact that, you know, he should be on the bench. Um, and that, you know, this is why we signed him. Uh, he's not a defensive stopper like Adrian Griffin and, you know, himself said in the preseason, uh, he's a guy that can, you know, occasionally just drop 30 points on a Wednesday night. And that's, you know, what he did tonight. Um, you know, like you mentioned, eight from 11 from three, it felt like every single shot he was putting up was coming down. Uh, he was ripping the cords for sure. And then, you know, Bobby Portis had a 19 point night in his last game, came out tonight with 18 and seven, you know, showing that offensive consistency, showing why he needs to be played, um, you know, and he's getting his minutes, especially with, like you mentioned, we're, we're pretty injured right now. Bobby Portis out there just just giving us that scoring punch, being energetic, getting the rebounds. I think, you know. I think Bobby Portis is pretty influential and I would say he's probably the best backup center in the NBA at this point. I, I, I've been trying to think about a better backup center in the NBA and I've come to the conclusion that Bobby Portis is simply the best backup big in the league. I think, yeah, there's a very strong, very, very strong argument for it. I mean, he could start on a lot of teams in the NBA right now, at least in my opinion, but 
Um, yeah, so we already touched on Marjan Hirsch, but we saw Thanasis get, you know, an upgrade in minutes. He played 15. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, like to chirp Thanasis a little bit, say he's the worst player in the league, this and that. But I mean, I, I don't get that. Like, yeah, he isn't the, he isn't that talented. He he's a freak athlete. He gets rebounds. He hustles. Like I, I tweeted today, he's a poor man's Kenneth Farid. And like, I just think like, that's all he is. He's a, re- he's a hustler and he's going to bring you energy. Yeah. And that, and when you think about a guy like Kenneth Farid, he wasn't a guy who was like skilled at all when it comes to, you know, having a layup package, having a jump shot, being able to, you know, create a shot. He was simply a guy who was going to catch lobs, play defense and be energetic, get rebounds um, and put, you know, an elbow or two into guys. And I think that's really what Thanasis is on the team to do if he does get on the court. And, you know, obviously he he's a reserve. It's not like, you know, he's going to be on the court a ton. Uh, he's more there to be a good locker room presence and be a leader. Uh, you know, also it just gives comfortability to Giannis, who's, you know, the team's superstar. Uh, but yeah, for the people that say that Thanasis doesn't deserve to be in the NBA, I think that's wrong. Um, you know, even in his minutes, you know, you you can see him out there playing hard, hustling, uh, being in the play. And he also had Pascal Siakam in a straight jacket for the entire second quarter there. So uh, he he definitely, you know, can play good defense. We've seen that. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, like, who do you really want to replace him with? Like, he's the 15th guy. He, I mean, Otto Porter, he he didn't do much for the Raptors tonight. He's one of their reserves. It's just, he's he's there because he brings a lot of, like, the intangibles to the team. And that's just, like, his role. That's what he does. And he is very important for that. And a lot of people won't see that. But that's just what he does. Um, Pat Connington saw some more minutes tonight, 22. Uh, he's had a tough start to his year, but you know how I feel about Pat. I think he'll, he'll get it figured out. I mean, we know what he is capable of in the playoffs. He's a guy that can, you know, shoot 40% throughout a finals run. And that's kind of the the standard I'm going to hold him to. And that's kind of what I believe he will be at. You know, he'll find that at some point this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, you know, come around on Pat when we first got him, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan, but I think he's just become one of the better role players in the league when it comes to just knowing his role, playing, you know, hard with effort. And, you know, with all these guys going down, we're going to see guys like Pat and Andre Jackson get more minutes and especially a a veteran like Pat, who's played with both Dame and Giannis throughout his career. So uh, he's got chemistry with these guys. He's known them for, you know, seven, eight plus years. So yeah, Pat Connington, you know, he's also a champion. Like he he knows what it's like to go through a, a deep playoff run. He's got the experience. Uh he's a guy who's been in the NBA for, you know, nearly a decade. So he's definitely going to see some elevated minutes and I'm happy about it. I I I'd, I'd like to see Pat, you know, kind of get things rolling uh, off the bench here. Absolutely. So let's uh kind of head more into the more more of a team front thing. So Bucks defense looked Really, really good tonight, Hirsch. Uh, Brooke Lopez in specific had seven blocks, but we did allow 52 points in the paint, but the Raptors shot the ball 39, uh, only only shot 39% from the field. So uh, is that something you're looking kind of to see, just giving up those paint points, but making it tough to shoot on the perimeter? Well, yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of that comes back to just offensive rebounding. Um, you know, throughout the game, the Raptors were able to, you know, get a lot of extra possessions putbacks, uh, close shots, you know, that they would grab the rebound and put it up uh, right right around the rim. So those are shots that, you know, Brooke Lopez isn't going to necessarily be able to contest after he's, you know, contesting the first miss. Um, and we saw that a lot tonight, but 
Brooke Lopez was super effective down there regardless. Um, you know, you could really feel his presence. And those seven blocks really, you know, do tell the tale. He he was dominant out there in the paint, um, you know, and, and the guard, especially the guards on the Raptors, they were having a real tough time getting in there, getting their floater off, getting to the getting to the hoop. Brooke Lopez was really doing a great job of swatting everything away. So you love to see that. Also, you know, Raptors really struggled from three tonight. They shot 27% from three. Um, you know, completely different tale of the tape than what we saw in the last game where we lost 130 to 111. We got blown out by them. Then we blow them out, um, you know, and, and we were kind of talking about a, a little revenge game. So seeing that the Bucs had a 33-point lead in this game, it, it really did make me happy. And, you know, you, you've been talking about a blowout. I think, you know, it was a perfect time for the Bucs to settle into a nice, you know, pretty comfortable, dominant game. Yeah, not to mention, this is actually, I mean, we've been talking all year about how the Bucs have been getting torched by guards, this and that. Today, or Tonight was the first time that we actually, like, completely shut down the opposing team's guards, albeit Grady Dick is a rookie, but he shot two of ten. Dennis Schroeder, two of nine. We know Dennis Schroeder is a pretty good basketball player, but yeah, two of nine is, is that's great to see that this team can actually guard guards at times when they need to and when they really have that fire under them. So it's good to see that. Uh, yeah, I just kind of want to see them build off of tonight's win. We have a tough back-to-back uh, in-season tournament, so we're going to take a quick break and then cover both of those games. And you're back on the Box and Six podcast. My name is Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. Uh, we're going to take a quick preview at the uh, upcoming back-to-back this weekend. Uh, the first game, uh, the Bucks travel to Charlotte to take on the Hornets on Friday. Steve, this is the second in-season tournament game of the season. Uh, the Hornets, you know, are one of the floundering teams in the NBA. Uh, you know, they're not really looked at as a team who's in contention for even, you know, a play-in spot. They're three and seven this year. Uh, you know, they've beaten the Wizards, who are another pretty bad team, and then they've beaten the Pacers, who beat us, and the Hawks, who beat us. But yeah, I, I just think, you know, at this point, the Bucks, you know, they should be able to handle this Hornets team. See, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean don't want to count our chickens before they hatch. Right. Cause we've been, you know, on paper again, we stack up tremendously to this Hornets team, but they do have LaMelo ball, very, very talented guard. They have Terry Rozier, a guy who can also get you 20 points who plays guard. I know we shut down Grady Dick and Dennis Schroeder, but uh, Terry Rozier and uh, LaMelo ball are just tears ahead of those guys in terms of just where their games are at right now. So that's definitely something to look out for. They also have some other pretty good perimeter scores, like Gordon Hayward's having a resurgence here, right? 17 a game from him. Uh, PJ Washington, he's given them 17 a night. So they've got a decent amount of guys who can give you buckets on the wing. Um, but ideally, we should be able to beat this team, especially if all three Giannis, Chris, and Dame play. We're 5-1 and one when all three of them are together playing. So yeah, if all three are healthy, I think we should be able to beat this Hornets team. I agree. They also have, you know, the young center in Mark Williams. Uh, he's averaging 14 and nine this season. Uh, he he also could provide Brooke Lopez problems just with his, you know, speed and athleticism. Uh, but moving on to Saturday, the Bucks, you know, come back home to face the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Steve, this is, you know, this is one of the teams that I've been super scared to play against. Uh, specifically because of what you were just saying about our inability to guard. Uh fantastic backcourts and th- this is probably the best backcourt in the league uh Kyrie uh Irving and Luka Doncic are both just elite 
on, you know, the offensive end. Uh, and the Dallas Mavericks are off to a very good start this year. So, yeah, that 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 game is definitely frightening, especially being the second game of a back-to-back. Uh, definitely don't have high hopes for that one. Yeah, I, I imagine that Chris probably won't play. I mean, you yeah, you'd think that they're going to play. Yeah, you'd think they'll play him for the in-season tournament game and then sit him for just the normal regular season game. But the Mavericks are obviously a much better team. So I don't really know. I think it really just depends on who plays and who doesn't. But, yeah, I think this Mavericks team is going to give us some issues. I mean, yeah, like you said, Luka and Kyrie are, are scary. They combine for 50 points together on the year, uh, and that's just scoring. They're both very gifted passers as well and can create for others, and they're both tremendous three-point shooters. So it's just going to be a tough tandem to deal with. And then they also have Grant Williams, a guy that Bucks fans, Giannis in specific, very familiar with. Uh, he's given Giannis a lot of problems in the playoffs in the past, so – Another guy to kind of watch out for. Mavericks are going to be a tough game for sure. Definitely. And, you know, they have, you know, their up and coming rookie, Derek Lively, who is kind of, you know, he's fit in really nicely for what they have going on there, Um, especially with the amount of, you know, pick and roll that they love to use with Luka and Irving. Uh, A guy that can, you know, just catch lobs, you know, be effective in the pick and roll as a roller. Uh, Derek Lively is definitely someone to, you know, watch out for, especially. And also, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., a guy who can catch fire from three, kind of a lot like Malik Beasley, where it's just, you know, he's going to put up a lot of shots, take a lot of threes, and, you know, a guy who can absolutely drop between 25 and 40 on any given night. We've seen it in the past. So definitely a scary team. They've got a lot of weapons. And, you know, I, I, definitely not a game I'm feeling confident going into. Yeah, I think a lot of Bucks fans are probably on the same page. Uh, Net Mavericks at playing at this, you know, form, not a team you want to play especially coming off a back-to-back where you're relatively confident uh, a couple of your stars, one of your stars for sure isn't going to play, but you never know if Dame or Giannis on a back-to-back might not be there. But before we wrap up really quick, I forgot to touch on this when we're talking about the uh, Hornets game. Uh, Brandon Miller is another player. They have uh, second overall pick, right, this year. Uh, I hope Chris Middleton plays in that game because I want him to drop like 30 on him. I know he's only going to play like 20 minutes, but Brandon Miller made that like uh reel or whatever, where he was like, Oh, I don't know who Chris Middleton is when it showed like a picture of him. So I hope like Chris Middleton shows him like, all right, like I'm, I'm about to drop 30 on you. Cause you know who I am. It's utterly wild that a second overall pick in a NBA draft doesn't know who a two-time uh, NBA champion is. Uh, but I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Sticks podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Sticks FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And let's go Bucks. <laughs>